Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix, DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, we put away the Mexico Open. We get ready for, well, kind of a uh, a, a, a different tournament again this week. Wells Fargo is going to be played at uh, or uh, at the uh, at TPC Potomac. Skeeter, I guess before we look forward to this course that's relatively new, let's look back at Mexico. John Rahm gets his big, uh, I believe they said number seven win. What are we taking back from this this win? I mean, Rahm definitely gets over the hump that he'd been fighting a little bit, but the field was, eh, eh. Hey, it's a win. Um, yeah, no doubt. You know, that's. I think you kind of see this sometimes the top players, like, he didn't have his best stuff, but he won, and this field was kind of indicative of that. And hey, I finally hit a one and done winner! Thank goodness. <laughs> I did Which, not. I did not bet the four to one or whatever he was at the book, but um, hey, I'll take the one and done part because hey, I jumped ahead of you, and now I'm well, still miles behind the cash line. But hey, at least I have a slight bit of hope now. Maybe? Moving in the right direction is what you are. Yes, my mother, uh, I did not let her bet John Rahm because the odds weren't long enough. On Sunday, she said to me, that pays better than Gary Woodland, doesn't it? And I go, yes, Mom, it did indeed pay better than Gary Woodland paid. So. That's not good when Mom's giving you the business. <laughs> I said, I'll never, never tell you you can't bet someone again. I was, and my sister was even like, when we were discussing it earlier in the week, she was like, she was like, well, if she wants to bet him, why can't she bet him? I was like, just the odds. It's just not good. Like, I don't know if you were into golf betting, you'd understand it. Just don't worry about it. I'm not letting her bet it. I won't make that bet. Well, here I am not making the bet that would have won. <laughs> well, you would have had to put a lot of money on it, but I guess it would have paid off the next few weeks of bets. It would have certainly paid a couple weeks of bets for her, but alas, I, uh, I will, uh, I will fund her for a week or two to make up for it. Yeah. For me, I had Lahiri and one and done, which he was fine. You had bets on him and Aaron Rye uh, that felt decent going into Sunday, especially going into the weekend. They had a chance, but didn't materialize. I had a lot of six of sixes. I think I had four out of my ten lineups were six of six. Uh, Cashed five lineups, but just faded Rom. Just said, you know what, I'm going to fade him. He's not winning right now, and that was my mistake. Heck, I guess I should be pretty happy to have cashed a handful of lineups without having the winner in it. I mean, from a game theory standpoint, he was what close to forty percent owned. I mean, that's always a, it's uh, always a lot. You know, game theory wise, is never a bad thing. Um, the pricing gap though was just not big enough as we it discussed wasn't. last week. And well, I didn't have to worry about my DFS lamps after about Thursday afternoon when I had two <laughs> players shoot plus four when you know minus one was barely a you know would have made the cut after round one, and then Vaughn Taylor withdrew at the start of round two. Like, okay, well. Don't worry about this one this week. So, you know, three of six was not doing anything that week, even with the ROM on the roster. So, you know, like, okay, well, not sweating this one out this week. We'll move on to uh, to uh, Wells Fargo. Shall we do just that? Are you ready to move on to Wells Fargo? Yep. So we have the normal location is being reserved for the President's Cup in September, I think. September, October. Um, yeah, yeah in the fall, they're getting ready for the President's Cup. So we're playing this week. We are playing DFS Golf. The, the pros are playing at TPC Potomac. All right, dog, what do we know? What, what, what do we know? What do we not know? Okay, so this isn't exactly a new course. Um, 
It's TBC Potomac at Avenel Farm. They used to host a tournament here every year. Um, I think it was the, the Booz Allen Open back in the 90s and the mid-2000s. And then we saw this course again for the Quicken Loans in 2017-2018. Uh, 2017, Kyle Stanley won a playoff at like minus 7. 2018, Molinari won at 21 under, but he won by 8. Um <laughs> You know, only only seven guys finished double digits under par, including Tiger. Um, Sun King has top fives in both of the, both 2017 and 2018, so I don't know what that means. If you're if you're bringing the course history, that's kind of there. But if we, but if we look at 2018, we see players who finished the top ten: Molinari, Armor, King, Tiger, Answer, Hostler, Burgoon, Landry, your guy Brian Gay, Ryan Palmer, Chess, and Hadley. 2017 top 10 would be Kyle Stanley, Charles Howell, Ricky, Martin Laird, Sun Kang, Leishman, Johnson Wagner, Spencer Levine, Ben Martin, Keegan, Langmurth, Curtis Luck. I think kind of the overall arching theme here is a bunch of accuracy guys. Like maybe outside of Tiger and Leishman, not a ton of big hitters. Mm -hmm. So I think hitting fairways here is going to be kind of an important skill that you're going to want to look at. It does kind of play like there's only two par fives. One of them's over 600 yards. So it's not exactly, um, you know, only one reachable par five. That's the 10th. Um, the 11th hole, the toughest hole, of course, is a 29% bogey rate. So like that's, uh, that's pretty high. 18 has a 25% bogey rate. So there's some Ooh. brutal holes here. Six of the holes are, uh, from 450 to 500. So, that's what I'll be looking at in kind of those uh, ranges of 150, 175, 200 yard, kind of that range. Um, looking at scrambling and kind of the birdies are better and bogey avoidance. I think we've had cuts of plus two and plus five here. So it's, you know, you can make some birdies, but it's going to play a little tough as well. So um, I don't know what, you know, obviously this is four years ago. We've seen kind of the talent get a little bit better. So... I don't know if this is going to play minus 10 winner, minus 15 winner. I think Molinari was in his own world at that time, shooting 21 under. And that was, you know, I think the following week he went to John Deere, finished second behind the Michael Kim career performance. And Molinari goes and wins the Open. It was a, it was one of my favorites, the summer of Molinari. So um, that's just something to kind of, I guess, look at overall is um, accuracy guys and but who knows how this is going to play. I feel like some happy lackadaisical music should play while a montage of Frankie Molinari making good shots plays while oh, you fuck. just bat your eyes in a dreamy remembrance of the summer of oh, Molinari. Oh, fuck me. I love the summer of Molinari. Unfortunately, I'm not going <laughs> to better play him this week because he is, I guess, the quote-unquote defending champion of this course. But, uh, interesting. Uh, interesting take. Yeah, and interesting, too, that you mentioned some of those names. And, uh, you know, when you, you mentioned Brian Gay and Ryan Armour that stuck out to me. Like, okay, you really – distance is maybe taking a cue uh, back. You mentioned a par 70, avoiding bogeys. I started to think of Honda a little bit, PGA National. Is there any kind of comp there, or is that just more of a tough, you know, finishing whatever? Maybe I'm just reaching here. Maybe. I mean – Tough par 70, scoring, you know, I think this is a little easier than that, but I don't remember this course all that well. I feel like 
I don't think there's as much water here as there was at, at Honda, but then again, that's pretty much impossible to find. Right. As much, except maybe uh, the 3M. But, um, yeah, I don't remember this course, but I don't mind that comp at all. Um, just kind of, you know, maybe a Colonial, but again, I don't, I don't remember. I'm just kind of spitballing these more of these shorter par 70 accuracy kind of type of courses. But this does play, I think, a little bit longer than Heritage or or um, Colonial, so I don't really know. I hate to say that, but I don't. Um, that's but, okay. No, that's okay. I mean, we haven't been here in a long time. By the way, Ricky Fowler, Mark Leishman also had um, top top fifteen finishes in twenty eighteen as well. So maybe. So I guess your your course horses, quote unquote, are Sun Kang, Ricky Fowler, and Mark Leishman. Well, Leishman, uh, Leishman certainly fits in. What about when Bradley was one of them too, wasn't he? Uh, he was in 2017. What did he do in 2018? He did not play here in 2018. All right. Well, because I'm a Keegan Bradley guy I'm, and he's going to fit my narrative to play him when we get into those 9Ks, I'm going to count him. So but Keegan, we're not Leish- there yet. Keegan, Leishman, Brian Gay is how you're starting lineups. That's that's correct, Amundo. That sounds like a typical jam. And Johnson Wagner, by the way, and that stunning mustache that he used to sport. I don't even oh, know if he does yeah. anymore. He was a James Adams special a long time ago, too. By the way, um, not that that matters. I, I honestly, I'm not even. I'm not even sure uh, that uh, we're going to see him here. But that's okay. He was brought up in the names you mentioned. So, are we ready to get into the field that will be here in 2020? Sounds good to me. All right, let's do it. And again, it's uh, with some uncertainty, but we start at the top. It's 10K plus. It's Rory McIlroy's 11.5. Tony Finau's 10.6. Abe Answers 10.4. Corey Connors 10.1. Matt Fitzpatrick 10K even. Skeeter, there's your top tier. Who stands out to you? Um, It's Corey Connors at 10.1. He is top six over every single model. I look at whether it's four rounds, whether it's a hundred rounds. When I look at 36 rounds, he's 32nd in ball striking, second in greens and regulation, seventh in that key par four range from 450 to 500. Really, the only thing he doesn't do well is proximity from 150 to 175, and then of course putter and scrambling could be a tad questionable. But proximity from 200 plus, he's ninth. He's 14th in birdies and better and bogey avoidance. I like that combination. Accuracy guy, um, 45th in fairways gained. This kind of feels like a really good spot for him. I'm sure he's going to be popular. Pat Mayo came out yesterday saying he's betting him no matter what the number was, so that will automatically boost his uh, ownership. But, man, this seems like a decent course fit. Accuracy guy we've seen with Molinari and Stanley at 10-1. Don't think that's a horrible price for Connors. I like Connors here. He's one of the guys that I would certainly say is in my mix there. But I think I'm going to go Tony Finau. Um, really saw an emergence from him, uh, last week at the Mexico open. He had been decent previously, um, missed the cut at the players, but was 33rd at Genesis, 29th at Valero, 35th at masters. This field, not so strong. He was, if it wasn't for Rom, he'd be, he would have been in the playoff and we all know he would have lost it to, I guess, Brandon Wu. Um, sorry. Sorry. 
He might have been, yeah. Brandon Wu was one of the guys I had on my DFS lineup. Oh, so nice. Prob- I'm probably – I think I mentioned him last week as a, as a flyer. Um, that's unfortunately wasn't paired with Rom, though, Skeeter. But at any rate, getting back to this one, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Finau. Um, hit the ball really well last week, and I'm hoping that, that that star power can come out in this field where outside of maybe the top ten players in the field, he really is just the next level above a lot of these guys. Yeah, um, certainly makes sense on Finau. He's the lowest projected in roster right now. Awesome. Him and answer like just above ten percent. Corey Connors, yeah, he's already twenty three percent on a Monday night on Fantasy Nationals. So, yeah, it's just it's uh, it's coming. Um, Finau's probably second or third for me. Um. The other one I debated would be Matthew Fitzpatrick, because, again, if we're going to play a tougher course, shorter course, yeah. it seems like Fitzpatrick can kind of be there. He's number one bogey avoidance, really good scrambling, really good at hitting greens, good ball striker. Proximity range is not the best, so I guess that's my only concern with him. But at 10,000, another one that kind of, you know, if you want to go more of a balanced build, or if you don't want to play Rory, like Rory is clearly the class of the field, but I don't think he's overwhelming here like Rom was last week. So you mentioned Rory. He's my number two. That's second at the Masters. We haven't seen him in a while. He played great on Sunday. Um, he had been up and down for Rory, but let's be honest here. If you want to go back to Genesis where he finished 10th, he was 13th at the API. Then the players, whatever, 30-30, missed the cut of Valero. That's not good. But I'm going to go with Rory as my second again. He's just a clear cut above the rest of this field. And I wonder if he didn't free himself up with that great round on Sunday at the Masters. He certainly doesn't have to think about the career Grand Slam now for another 10 months. Well, maybe less than that, but not not in this next month or two. So I'm going to go Rory as my number two. I like Connors and Fitzpatrick, though, too. So, I mean, I guess my fade's pretty obvious at this point. I guess you and I are both uh, not playing answer. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not ready to spend 10-4. Finau showed much better form, and I'd, I mean, dude, even at the same price, I'd probably rather play Connors, Fitzpatrick, and maybe even a name or two in the 9Ks. I mean, we haven't seen a top 30 since he would finish 7th at Mayakoba in November. Like, he's just kind of been in the 30s and 40s, and I, you know, I just can't get there at 10 at 10 4 even if this probably is a decent course fit for him i just you know connor's is i think the better play unfortunately he's going to be extremely popular so that's a concern but i would almost rather just pay 200 more for finau who i still think is probably a better golfer at this stage yeah amen to that amen to that well skeeter we both fade answers, so that means we're into the 9Ks. Are you ready to tell me who your favorite 9K player is? Yep. Skeeter, I, I was trying to ask you if you were ready to get in the 9K tier, but I didn't introduce the players to you. I had a little uh, brain malfunction in this double podcast day. I got a little NFL draft backlash going on in my brain, but uh. let that's an excuse. That's an excuse. Uh, Winners don't make excuses. I'm sorry. I, I'm embarrassed to even make that excuse. That's fair. But it's easy to say that after I made the excuse and so I planted the seed and then I backtracked. It's really, uh, it's kind of like trying to get traded when you're a wide receiver in the NFL these days. But let's get back to golf, would you? Uh, let's go to the 9K tier, and it starts with Tyrrell Hatton at the top, 9,900. Mark Leishman's 97. Keegan Bradley, 96. Russ Henley's 93. Gary Woodland, 91. Patrick Reed, 9K even. Skeeter, where are we going the 9K tier, who's your favorite? 
I don't know, I gotta figure out this tier a little bit. I mean, Henley's the guy who pops stat-wise. He always does. Number one approach, third and ball striking, second birdies are better, 23rd bogeys avoidance. Like, he's, maybe he kind of fits this, you know, I guess, I don't know what the comparison to Sony would be, but he's one, he's played well at Sony. Um, outside of the miscut heritage where he missed on the number, he's had a good year, so 9300 is a pretty good price, but I don't know where he's going to be popularity-wise. Um, I guess I'll make him my favorite, but I have two other guys kind of in the same range, but I have a feeling you might be on him, so I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going big Keegan Bradley here is yeah, my favorite. Well, I mean, yeah. we had a we had a slip up at Valspar, but that's coming off of the heels of the players where we had every chance to win until late on Monday. Remember, it was a late finish. So I'm giving him the bypass at Valspar, which, by the way, he was two under. It wasn't like he played terrible there. And then he came back to Valero, was uh, nine under there for a T8. He finished well in the um, – in the team event at Zurich as well, Keegan Bradley's been on fire right now. He's looking a lot more like the guy that used to play in Ryder Cups and won a PGA Championship than a player who was a forgotten entity for a long time. Uh, give me Keegan Bradley again this week. Yeah, you know, he was some of the names we mentioned earlier as far as I think he had a top finish here, but good ball circle, good approach. Uh, fairways, yeah, not the best, but probably has a little bit of distance. Good in the proximity ranges. Putter hasn't been bad, it's just... Oh, I, I struggle to pay, you know, 9600 for Keegan is a little tough of an ask. Um, the one that, he's been starting to play better, and um, I need to send you this video. Uh, the, the, year, the DP World Tour did an Angry Golfers um, video, and of course the star of that is Terrell Hatton at 9900 Like, Is this the one where it's if you're glum, pop up your thumb? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's from last year, dog. You, hadn't, I, you haven't seen that? No, I just found it last week with Tommy leading it. Oh, yeah, if you glum, and, pop up your thumb. I've seen Tyrrell even pop his thumb up on the course before since that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm trust and believe. I am a oh. major fan of that. Oh, just even watching Hatton bad shots is just hilarious. Just... Yes. <laughs> Including the one at Palmetto where, you know, he swears and the announcer's like, and again, I apologize for the quality of our microphones. <laughs> I mean, he's he's the kind of guy that gets really heated. He actually makes a lot of sense for this course, too, because you're talking about, like, hitting fairways, and, you know, sometimes he can lose the driver, but very accurate with his irons. I mean, he's the kind of dude that gets, like, salty when he misses a sh You know, if he's 10 to 15 feet away for a birdie putt, sometimes he's mad, like it wasn't a good enough shot. He's, he, I love watching him. He's very entertaining. You know what he is? He's a more demonstrative Siwoo Kim. Because Siwoo, you'll see him like yeah. flail his arms like, oh boy. And it's like, oh, it's 20 feet right of the pin. Like, wait a minute. Why are you getting so frustrated by that? But no. Hatton, his recent form, you know, didn't play well at the Masters. But other than that, so, I mean, 26 at Heritage. was He gained everything, everything except off the tee. 21st Valspar, good approach. Uh, 13th of the Players mainly putting, and our API is second was mainly putting, but guy who hits fairways starting to be in a little bit better form. Like, he's still a class golfer. I I don't mind the price at 9900 and early projections. He's not overly popular, so I have no problem uh, with Hatton here. I like, look, I actually like the, uh, all the guys in this tier minus one, quite frankly. So one through five. I bet you I end up using all but one golfer. So I could get on Hatton, but you mentioned him. I'm, I'm going to get on Henley, but you mentioned him. 
you know I'm going to play Leishman, who had two good finishes here, and I love Mark Leishman. But I also think I'm going to continue with Gary Woodland. T24 at Mexico, whatever, missed the cut at the Masters. He doesn't play well there. He had been playing good before. I'm going to go back to the well with Gary Woodland, just like I'm going to do so with Keegan Bradley here. I may as well stick with that tandem. There's no Chris Kirk in this field, so may as well make it the Woodland-Bradley combo. Those kind of been that those three guys I've been uh, betting with some success over the last two months. Yeah, watch. This is the one Woodland wins, and I'm just on. He's the the big knock against him is he does not hit his fairways gained over 36 rounds, 124. So that's not great. But everything else, birdies are good, bogeys good, good par four player, good proximity for 200 plus, good approach. So I get it. Um, I just I I feel like I've probably just been quote unquote disappointed by him too much recently that I want to go back there. So that's probably my own negative bias for no good reason. That's fair, and I get that. I mean, I'm pseudo-disappointed with the 24th, too, because I really thought he had a chance to be on the first page of the leaderboard last week, and 24th in that field was eh, but I look, you know, I'm uh, I'm looking at this field, and it's eh, so that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, so I think we're fading the um, the one who apparently um, thinks that Tiger's getting some unfair advantage at Southern Hills because he's talking to the club pro. That's correct, Amundo. I'll be fading Justine's husband, Pat. Oh, that was that was pretty humorous. <laughs> At some point in time, you just you go. Not only are you tone deaf, you're just uh, oblivious to the world. Or is this just a is this just a troll or just kind of mocking everything? Like maybe, maybe you never know. You just never know. But if it really is Justine running that Twitter account, then well, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's somebody in the camp. Yes. But you know, like, are they? Do they just get bored? Say, oh, hey, let's get Twitter, uh, let's get Twitter riled up and throw out something there. It's time to let the world know what I think, Skeeter. That's what I think it is. I need, to, I need to make sure the world knows that Patrick's not getting a fair shake today. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if you didn't move so much sand in a bunker, um, you know, or. Embedded ball in the rough, but uh, you know. he lost his balance and fell forward onto that ball and shoved it down into the ground. I'm certain of it. It was just a lost balance. Uh, Where big big fellas can lose their balance easy, Skeeter. You know. Well, uh, I mean, this is true. I'm not exactly <laughs> the most uh, graceful person in the world, so <laughs> it's like me trying to pick up my ball on the green, except for I fell forward and pushed it down. Not exactly. Um, are we done with the nine Ks? Yes. All right, let's go to the AKs. I'm going to read them to you this time, and we're going to start with Paul Casey. Let's see what he's got in the tank, 8,800. Sergio Garcia's 87. Max Homa, 86. Siwoo Kim, 84. Seamus Power, 83. Jason Day, 82. Webb Simpson, 81. And 8K even, it's Cam Young. Skeeter, where are you going for your 8K delight to start with? Well, you know what? I mean, I'm most proud of this one because I think he was a late-round selection for me in our draft, but... 8K Cam Young. Unfortunately, everybody else is going to be on 8K Cam, Cam Young, so that's not a, a big shock. But he just he keeps playing well. And, you know, he's eighth in my model over 36 rounds, sixth in scrambling, number one birdies are better, number one par fours from 400 or for, from 450 to 500, eighth in approximately for 200 plus, tenth in ball striking. He kind of hits every single metric I like, 8K. That seems way too cheap of a price for me for him. 
I'm with you. The guy just above him really intrigues me, but I don't know if I'm going to go there. So I'm going to go with my favorite is going to be Max Homa. Yeah, um, he's, he's second for me. Yeah, look, the 48th at the Masters was only, I think, his second time playing Augusta. So that gets pretty pretty good pass for me. And he was on fire beforehand. He's won this tournament before, right? It's not this tournament, not at this place, but he's won this tournament, if that means anything. He's playing really good. That's a pretty nice price for me at 8600 for Max Homa. I have a feeling I'll probably get overweight on that one. Yeah, I mean, if this is, you know, another type of um, another type of tournament where, you know, minus 12, minus 13, like, we've seen him win at Quail Hollow. We've seen him win at Riviera. Like, this kind of feels like it could fit him a little bit. It's a good approach, good ball striking. Decent proximity, 150 to 175. Scrambling's the only issue here. He hasn't been doing anything else great, but he kind of shows up from time to time, and this feels like one of those events he could kind of pop up on so i'm with you as far as um as far as homa homa's your two i could really go i mean i'll be honest with you there's a few guys i'm interested in here it's not all but one player this time he's not my number two but i gotta ask you first and foremost i mean when you talk about a not very long keep the ball in play straight that sounds like webb simpson but Webb Simpson's not playing so great right now. No. Can can we merge the what seems like a great course fit with a player not playing too good right now, or should we just forget about Webb right now? I wanted to play him, but I mean, fifty nine at Heritage, a tournament he plays extremely well in. Great at. I mean, he is top fifteen guaranteed almost every year, right? Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, he lost. Now, granted, he lost four point seven strokes putting, so I mean, but his approach numbers just aren't there. Off the tees is kind of an, like I just I can't go there. I wanted to. I just I couldn't pull the trigger. Okay, and, and I think that's what I have to put into my brain too for right now. Is if I play Webb, you know, don't go overweight. Probably not going to play him. But I thought he had to be worth considering because he seems like a perfect course fit. When he was playing good a year and a half ago, he might have been in the ten Ks. But at any rate, uh, I guess my number two is going to be Sergio Garcia. I mean, doesn't always putt great. But he can hit the ball straight. Uh, ho- hopefully he stays straight off the tee as well. But, dude, he's been playing some really good golf. I mean, has he been great? No. But he's been top 40 or better in tournaments that include the players, of course, where he's won. The Masters, where he's won. But Sergio's been playing pretty good in his limited starts here lately. So I'm going to give him a look here. I'm not going to use him because his numbers in the par fours and the proximity ranges are not very good. But good bogey avoidance. So if you think if you think this plays more like the Stanley year of minus seven minus eight, he's probably more in play there. What about Seamus Power? He was so good for a while, then he was bad. Then he seems to have rebounded and seems to have rebounded in some tougher places. Because we'll go back to the Masters and the players for him. His last two finishes that are inside the top thirty-five is Seamus Power back in play. I don't hate it. His irons have not been very good. Um, he was mainly puttering off the tee at the players. But, I mean, good scrambler, good bogey avoidance, good birdie maker. So, he's going to have to rely on his putter. So, um, not for me, but I, I don't hate it. Fair enough, fair enough. Who are you fading here? It's going to be Jason Day. I, mean, I know him and Scribner played well at Zurich, but, um, you know, three missed cuts in a row. Grant? The missed cuts are not horrible. They're by a shot or two. and The approach numbers are... He's just not doing anything. Like, he's not excelling anywhere. Like 
I see a lot of negative, and it's not, you know, horrible negatives, like minus one here, minus one and a half strokes here. So it's nothing bad, but just nothing that gets me excited to be like, oh, I want to play Jason Day. I am fading Petty Paul Casey for his withdrawals. I don't know if he's really petty. I just thought that just came out of my mouth like that. He is uh, number three for me. If I had, if I didn't get burned by him in the Masters, and I think he, uh, you know, withdrew from match play, like... You would think he that, did. I mean, this is kind of a, I don't want to say a random tournament, but this is kind of a... Paul Casey could win this bad boy. I'm with you. Could. Um, I don't think he's playing if he's still worrying, unless he's trying to get tuned up for the PGA, but I'm with you. I just, I think I got burned a little too much at the Masters. And right now, he's around 12%, so there's people... Um, <laughs> oh, heck no, then. Because, yeah, I mean, I thought I was being cute at the Masters. Like, oh, he's going to be there. It's a good fit. He was great at the players. Whatever. He got dinged up at the uh, match play. But, no, if he's 12% owned, that's even bigger fade for me. Let those people rot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will be passing on that one. Let's go to 7K, then, if you're ready. Yep. All right, I'm not going to give you all these guys. There's some names in here. I would say some better names than last week. It's at least off the top of my head. So, Skeeter, where are you going in 7K? Are there some names that you have to reach out and grab? Oh, there's some. I mean, hey, there's some winners, uh, tour winners here. Um, I immediately gravitate to 7,800 Keith Mitchell. Um, he, again, looks like he's getting some attention, not surprisingly. He pops into models. 36 rounds, ninth in ball striking, second net par four. 450 to 500 range, 13th proximity 200 plus, 9th and birdies are better, 15th bogey avoidance. Like, he's another one just kind of hitting all the stats that we kind of want to see here. Um, what has he done recently? I looked, I didn't think he had some bad finishes. Um, 13th at players, 9th at Honda, 61st API, 10th at Phoenix, 12th at Pebble. So, I mean, he's been playing pretty well, good off the tee, which is probably one of the key things you want to look at here. 7800 I think, is a very fair price on Killer Keith. I'd hate to just go at the top because it's like, ah, oh, duh, he's the best player. He's the highest-priced player. Matt Kuchar's been playing good. Yeah, he's on my list, too. I mean, we're talking three top 20s, including two top threes in his last times out, uh, going back to Valero and the RBC Heritage. I mean, Matt Kuchar seems mispriced at 7900 so he's going to just go ahead and be my favorite here. Um, I hope he's not too chalky. No, no, he's again early on Monday night, seven percent. So he's not, he's not garnering a ton of early attention. Who else is piquing your interest here? Oh, I got a few names that have started here. Um, how about how about almost anybody at seventy six hundred not named Lonto Griffin? Seth Straka right. just continues to play well and good greens regulation, good birdies, good bogeys, second proximity from one seventy five to two hundred, good putting, like. He makes some sense. Joel Dahman's getting a lot of attention here. Good ball striking numbers. And Matthew Neesmith stat-wise pops out. I just don't know if I can get there with some of his recent finishes. He's had okay finishes, but that's, that might be a tough ask. Straka is the guy. He won Honda, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's truly a comp here. That's just something I pulled out of my keister. But it is a par 70, a difficult one at that. So he is definitely on my radar. As somebody, who, uh, somebody had money on Lowry that week, uh, I remember that. Well, the the, the heavens opened up uh, for sure, as if uh, Lowry forgot to go to church that day. Well, you mean Irish eyes were not smiling upon him that day. That, that's correct. They were not. Um, oh, Danny boy. Oh, Skeeter boy. Um, 
<laughs> what about Brandon Wu? I was happy to use him last week. I don't know if he's finishing two this time, but he was playing decent beforehand. I know some of those uh, tournaments were kind of off tournaments, but Brandon Wu coming off of a second is going to be on my radar. You know, I'm not going to back off from Honor Bon Lahiri after a T15 at 7400 He seems like a pretty good price. So those two strike uh, me as an interesting play. David Lipsky, guy you used in the uh, in the team event. Yeah, him and Rye. Yeah, Rye's on my radar here as well. Lipsky at 7,500, a T6 at Mexico. So both him and Rye continue the good momentum a week ago. There's no reason for me to step away from those guys. Uh, and CT Pan, if I didn't mention him, all those guys that sit yeah. in the middle are very interesting to me. Yeah, CT Pan might be my best uh, golfer in our league this week. Or second best beyond Cameron Young this week. This is not a, uh, this is not a banner week for me. Um... Yeah, no, every, everybody you said, I am I am with you on that one. Um, a couple of the names I've mentioned, I don't know if he's still on your ban list, or I think you've let him off, but Lucas Glover kind of pops a little bit. Really good at this proximity from 150+. plus. Of course, with him, it's putting and scrambling, but everything else rates out very well. JT Post is another kind of accuracy hitter. Better has showed a little bit more recent form recently. So those are the two guys I kind of looked at. What about uh, Bo Hostler? You mentioned him in the uh, open of the show with some history here. Uh, not on my radar, but yeah, he does have a top 10 here, so I'm not going to knock it. Marty Laird, you mentioned, was decent here before, too, and he's uh, he's been hot and cold. I might look at him at 7,100. I don't know. He, he rates out well statistically, but I think that's older um, tournaments, not, not more recent ones that are kind of kicking in. Anyone else in the 7Ks for you? I have one guy that I'm actually intrigued by. I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Who would be? Ricky. I can't pull the trigger. Two top 15s here. I mean. He also finished top five in all four majors, but that was a, yeah. it was a, 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 an yeah. eon ago. I know. I mean, I look at the proximity numbers. He's good from 150 to 200. He's not even bad at 200 plus. It's the fairway. It's hitting the fairways and scrambling that he's struggling with and trying to pull up his recent results and i'm just not having any luck with that where's ricky what's his price i know i scrolled 74 74 oh, ricky foul yeah, that's true miscut miscut 52nd 42nd 55th yeah 42nd and honda i know i'm making that up that's all up. that was stop. all putting i need to stop it too i'm just making up that guy uh, that no, thing there. But it, no it makes sense though it's a tougher course i mean two par fives one of them i think at honda's you know not one you can reach either so I get the comp. I don't think it's a horrible one. I just I don't remember this course well enough to be able to definitively tell you yes or no. But I said it. Level, sure. I said I didn't have anybody else, but Nate Lashley's got to be on the radar here too. I looked at him. Why did I not like him? He's been very good lately, minus the miscut at, at Heritage, which I think I considered him last week. I don't think I used him, but he was good last week. T eleven. I didn't use him last week. I didn't either, but he was one of my final cuts. See, Nate is Lashley. there? Oh, see, okay. I mean, his irons have been good. Uh, he gained six strokes putty last week, so okay. Is that right. uh, let's see? This is bent grass. Yeah, that's his worst putting surface too. So probably not for me. Fair enough. Who are you fading here? Oh, I haven't even looked at that. Um. Oh, there's the most obvious one ever in this tier at seven k. No. I mean, all right, fine. Brennan Grace. 
Oh, my boy's Matt Wolf. Well, I know, uh, I know who yours was. I love him, but if you're telling me I need accuracy, what is he absolutely having a problem with right now? That's fair. Yeah, so I love Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler finish one, two, and either way, I'll absolutely not profit off of it, and I will watch, and I will be smiling, and I'll be happy. Because I love them both, but I just can't. I can't invest in them right now. Too bad you can't play that dollar exacta somewhere. <laughs> even if they offered it, even if I could find a place that took dollar exactas, they wouldn't be taking that bet. No, but and you'd be betting it. Oh boy, would it pay! <laughs> that dollar would get you some serious paperback. I mean, it'd pay more than the uh, exacta will probably pay the derby on Saturday. That's oh, you better believe it. It might pay near what the trifecta is going to pay, or the super. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Which, by the way, I will be investing that. I have no picks. There's a guy I cut grass for who um, I will just ask him kindly to send me his picks, and then I will walk up to the window and hand them to the guy and say, what do I owe you? Well, if you'd like to uh, forward those on, you can compare <laughs> them with Klaskins and I will. my own research, which will, I mean, I don't do well the derby, so. My research is cutting Gene's yard and then saying, hey, you think you can give me your uh, sheet? Give me a hot that's, horse. That's correct. That's my research. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's fine. Oh, goodness. Well, shall we take it to the 6Ks? Yes. All right, the final tier, and we look for some names in here. Uh, there's some names you mentioned earlier with some good course history. Mm -hmm. Are they playing nearly good enough to go after? Skeeter, where are you digging in at 6K? Are you digging in at 6K? Oh, i got a couple names. Um, yeah, we'll start with Ryan Armour. That's probably the name that uh, st stands out most. He missed a cut last week. He lost three and a half strokes putting in two rounds. Like, that's pretty hard to do, but he's never been a big fan of past Palum putting. So, and it's a shorter course, and he tends to pop here. He has that top 10 finish uh, one of the years. 15th at Punta Cana, 20th at Pebble, 20th at Sony. Missed at Honda on the numbers. So, missed at Puerto Rico bad, but, you know, that happened. So, I, you know, at 6,900, I don't think he, or 6,800. I don't think he's bad. He's third in fairways gain, which is something we're going to want to like. Six in bogey avoidance. Number, shockingly, number one in this field in proximity from 200-plus yards. Did not wow. see that one coming. Not um, even close. But, yeah, so maybe he's he's one if you think this plays 10, 10, uh, 10 to 12, 1,300 win, winning score. I think he fits that mold. I don't know if there's anyone I really love in 6K, if we're being really honest. Uh um, I don't know. Sung Kang's there who you had, uh, talked about his course history in the past. Right. But before last week, he hadn't done anything. I guess I honestly don't know if I'm getting into six K's and I, I was in there last week a lot. I don't know if I like it this week. If you're telling me to pick somebody, I'll give you Brian Stewart. I guess he's making cuts yeah. for the most part. Um, 42nd last week at Mexico. I'd have rather seen him finish better at RBC Heritage when we're talking about a shorter accuracy demanding course, but he was 7th at Corrales and 16th at Valspar before that, so I'm not in love with it. He was ninth at the Honda, if that matters, Skeeter. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't, but I think I'm going with Stewart as my favorite here. Um, Two other names. I mean, people, he was he was chalking at 7,800 last week. He made a cut. Granted, he finished 67th. But now for a thousand less, are we all going to jump off the Austin Smotherman train? Like he lost over five strokes around a green, and that doesn't seem to be as big of a factor this week as it, as other weeks. Like his approach numbers are still good, his off the tee's okay. It's just you know scrambling around a green not going to be the strength of uh, Smotherman. But um, 
good. He's six in proximity for 175 and 200 plus. So a good ball striker. So I think he makes sense. You know, one other course that kind of maybe, and this is a stretch, I think, maybe, um, oh gosh, uh, I just lost it. Um, Travelers. Oh, that's not Twin Cities, right? No, that's no. Uh, Hartford. Or that's Connecticut. Is, is Travelers in Connecticut? Um, yeah. I don't know the name of the course. I know you were talking about. It's where uh, DJ uh, outdoed Kevin Streelman a couple years ago. Yes. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, no, man. But um, but then who who you know who lost in the long playoff to Harris English last year in that one? Kramer Hickok. Kramer Hickok. Good scrambler. Doesn't do anything great. Good proximity from 150 to 200, not necessarily from 200 plus, but doesn't do anything else horribly wrong at 6,700. He's coming off three missed cuts, so that is a concern. But 13th of Punta Cana, 32nd of Valsworth, 42nd of Players. He's, his, his stats mainly been bad putting, but he might be worth a flyer for me. But again... Those are really the only three names that kind of pop to me. Um, Luke Donald kind of keeps popping stat-wise. Not great to go there. Cam Percy st- pops up nicely on stats. But it's fourth at Punta Cana and seventh at Valspar. And I don't know last time he, uh, last time he made a cut at a non-alternate field event was 64th at Fortinet. So take the seventh at Puerto Rico, fourth at Punta Cana at your, at your own mercy. But I don't know what to do with him with that. If I have 6,400 or 6,500, I might consider Bill Haas. He made yet another cut. He's not dominating by any stretch, but he made yet another cut. Uh, If I go to 6,400, I'll play the Seagull because I'm a sucker, even though I know he's not a good play right now. Uh, What about Wesley Bryan, if you want a really good play there at 6,400? 33rd at Mexico. Now, he missed at RBC Heritage, but he was 15th at Punta Cana before that, so two out of the last three was good. It would not good before that, however. It's an interesting case with him because it was all putting last week. He lost five and a half shots off the tee. Like, oh, that ain't no good. Off the not a strength of his. I think he might need that here. But he just is not consistent. Around the green's been his most consistent part, and that's not something I'm really looking at this week. The off the tee's been all, well, I guess that's the most consistent. It's been consistently bad. So I get it coming off the good finish, not ready to go there. I mean, I'd rather play. I'd rather take random flyers and Kadira or James Hahn at sixty four hundred. By the way, I'm a stone cold liar because I said I wasn't going to get into the six Ks, and that means I won't get in there logically. But Rory Sabatini's in there, Charlie Hoffman's in there, Jim Herman's in there. Which, oh, oh by the way, Jim Herman might. This might be a little bit too much of a challenging course, but keep it straight. Not a lot of distance. I mean, those are some of the courses he's prevailed at before. I'm making the case for the local guy who hasn't played well in a while, but I'll have Jim Herman in the lineup, whether or not it makes sense or not. So, so the all James Adams lineup is Sabatini, Hoffman, Herman, and then we go all the way up top to like Hatton, Leishman, and Bradley. We might be able to make that. I might have oh, money left over. Webb, I was going to throw Webb Simpson in there too, one of your guys, but yeah. Oh, we'd have way too much money left over then. I mean, old used to be your guy Ricky. Yeah, yeah. I mean. This is yes, I think you have to play this lineup. I probably will if I'm playing ten. I played ten last week and five cash, so if I found ten lineup structures out of last week's field, I can find ten out of this week, dog. Who was your exacto? It was Fowler and Oh, uh uh Oh my gosh, are we serious here? Um Matt Wolf. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, there you go. Just throw them all. And by the way, make sure you play Charlie Hoffman, not Morgan Hoffman, who's on his second to last start as far as his major medical. So I had a, a friend ask me if they're related. They spell it differently. So just in case you were curious. Oh, okay. Two ends for uh, Morgan in the last name, because obviously if there were multiple ends in his first name, it wouldn't have anything to do with the spelling difference. So that was uh, what my girlfriend would call James planning right there with a little bit too much information. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> he said, okay, that's all I got for you. Uh, <laughs> Skeeter, who are you fading in 10 in the six case? Um, I will fade former NBA star, Greg Odom. I don't know. I'm assuming it's not the same Greg Odom, but some somebody by the name of Greg Odom is at 6K. He's in the field. Congratulations, sir. Um, yeah, no register rounds. I'm not playing. I'm not going back to the well with PU. Peter Uline, you are my fade this week. He was one of my bad choices last week amongst what I thought were some a lot of good uh, mediocre picks without hitting the real uh, heavy ones at the top outside of Woo. So I'm going to go with Uline. Missed the cut last week and was T69 of Valero the outing before. So after a decent run, I was hoping for a rebound. It didn't happen. He's my fade. Makes sense. Well, Skeeter, that leaves us with uh, one last discussion. That is one and done. You have moved past me. Yes. Now, it's me chasing you. You become the hunted. So in this tournament, are you continuing to play it, um, you know, trying to be different? Obviously, you weren't trying to be different last week when you took Rom, the uh, prohibitive favorite. So do you go with the philosophy of still trying to be different from the field? What are you doing here? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> As a competitor, I'm looking for a great answer that I can use to my advantage to catch up to you. I mean, Corey Connors would be the one that makes sense, but I have a feeling he's going to be extremely popular. So, you know what? Terrell Hatton. I like Hatton. I'm considering Keegan Bradley right now, that's, just off the yeah, rip. that's fair. I'm considering Keegs right now. I'm going to put him in. Doesn't mean I'm going to stick with him. Uh, maybe there could be a last second swap right before he wins and cost me some money. If it's Patrick, it's Patrick maybe for me. I've already used Henley. Um, yeah, Keegan actually makes some sense. Maybe or Max Homa, even Cam Young. Though I'd say for me, Hatton, Homa, Bradley, Young. The four. Maybe if I get really bold, Keith Mitchell. I think that's a good list. I've used about half of the top end guys. Uh, I wouldn't use Rory even if I had him. I don't think Connors. I would use. I'd use Finau too. I've already used him. Uh, Fitzpatrick. I would use Hatton. I'm going Bradley for now though. But I think you've got some good choices. I don't think you really need to go below Mark Leishman, Cam Young. I mean, maybe if you want to go Sergio or Kucher. Or you mentioned Mitchell. I don't think you'd really want to get below there, do you? No, but I mean... There's players there. I mean, I scroll by and I say, okay, I guess I could make the case for Seb Straka we yeah, did earlier. that would be one I was thinking. I, mean, I think C.T. Pan's getting way too cute. Yeah. If he's plus 8,000 8, at the sports book, which I haven't looked yet, though, I could be interested in that. Not look at betting odds. I briefly looked at them. They weren't out. They weren't out this morning when I uh, left for work. So I, I caught them at the very last second, and haven't looked at them a ton. Plus, of course, I got to break them down between. Who was it, that you were, who, who was it you want odds on? Well, you mentioned CT Pan, and I thought, you know what, he could be a bet. Eighty to one. 
Yep, he's seventy to one at the book I go to, but as uh, we know, there's I'll have to be online for the uh, for the DraftKings. I'll make my bets uh, separately. You know what I mean? I pick and choose. Aaron Wright, eighty to one for you. Which is I was on him last week, and I could certainly get right back on the well with him. Oh, In fact, I bet I do. Look at this hundred to one range. Uh, Bo Hostler, Neesmith, I mentioned Frankie, Brandon Wu, Anabon Lahiri. I might get back on the well with Lahiri too, man. Keith Mitchell's forty to one. I was hoping for a better number on that. Oma twenty-eight. Hatton twenty. Connors is the second favorite, sixteen to one. I bet he got bet down. He's up to twenty. He's twenty to one at uh, my book. Of course, last week we were talking about Lahiri being ninety to one. By the time I got out there, he was eighty to one. So, um, and I won't be going out till Tuesday. So who knows? These numbers I'm telling you may fluctuate and, and drop by then. There's nobody kind of. Jumping out right now, like oh, I want to bet him. I'm trying to. Um, Nate Lashley won fifty to one. That's intriguing, I guess. If I'm going to a one fifty, and this kind of might be the field where you know, if I'm just looking for a, a boat race with a chance at a uh, at a uh, top five and a, and an opportunity to at least have a sweat, I feel like he he could be an opportunity there. JT posted at two hundred to one. It's rare that I get to the 200 to ones and really find somebody that I'm comfortable. Like I think I can occasionally I find a 150 to one that I'm interested in that I really can make a case for. Not that I'm, you know, 200 to one happens. I mean, I just, there's rarely one I find. All right. Here, here's your next price range. 250 to one. Charlie Hoffman. ABC. Um, Peter Eli, your guy. Um, eh, not this week. Harry Higgs. Uh, you know I love Higgsy, but I wasn't on him in the six Ks when we went through there. Adams Venson, he was hot a couple months ago, but two fifty to one. Um, Jim Herman three hundred to one. Kieran yeah. three hundred to one. I didn't know Kieran was in this field. I considered him up. He was, uh, I think, high six Ks. He just uh, didn't quite do it for me. Bill Haas four hundred to one. Gosh, what has happened to Matt Wallace? He's four hundred to one. Really? I mean, he was a, he would, like, a year and a half ago, maybe, he would have been, like, uh, mid-8Ks in this field. Or, yeah, maybe, he would have like, 60 to 1. There's a few, there's a few uh, long shots if you want. There's always names when you look. There's always names when you look. JT posted a 201 intrigues me. He'd been playing okay lately. I'll have to see if I can... I mean, I'll take 201 off to see if he's maybe a better number over a fan duel or something. You definitely take, give it a look. Skeeter, anything else for the uh, for the Wells Fargo being uh, filmed on location this week? No, I don't think so. Um, nice. Better have a decent field here. And again, next week is, I think, uh, the Byron Nelson at TPC Bunny Ranch, Craig Ranch or something. Uh, Michael Waddle does, actually doesn't live too far from there now. I, uh, We're going to have to get him to go take some pictures live on the scene. He would, too. Yeah, there we go. Let's get him live on the scene. I will get a hold of him and say, hey, Waldo, let's start doing <laughs> Hey, just, you're not doing baseball just, anymore. Let's go help us out here. Don't be too creepy, but we need some pictures. <laughs> He's got three kids. He can sneak them on. Oh, Sorry. absolutely. Sorry about that. Uh, here. here. Let me take some pics for you. <laughs> Well, Skeeter, I guess uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, good luck to you this week. And uh, 
let's hope that uh, we we had some form of success this week. I'd like to see it get better, but it certainly started to get a little better, at least for me, and you hit the one and done. So what do you say we build on some momentum this week, buddy? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, best of luck to everyone. For Skeeter Robinson, I am James Adams, and this has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. <laughs>